I'm so nervous. What are you nervous about? Copyright issues. I don't know. I am also nervous about copyright issues. No, that's not what I'm nervous about. That's I was saying. There's some of our differences right there. (laughs) Okay. Very nervous about copyright. Okay. This podcast is called This Is Why We're Married, and Amy cannot get out of her head enough to say that. Okay. I think it's because you're looking at me. What should I know? (laughs) We're together for seven years. Hello, people of the internet. No. No. <laughs> Didn't land. Stop laughing. That was. <laughs> you know what we learned in speech class? To start with a, an attention getter. Start with an attention getter. Go. There are over 200 dead bodies on the top. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. This is our podcast. Okay. Let's just go, go into it. Amy, who are you? Well, I'm Amy. I'm Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, this is the podcast entitled, This is Why We're Married. You're such an English major. What? This is the podcast entitled, This is Why We're Married is what you just said. Okay, here's the question to start off. Yeah. You were the one who wanted to do a podcast, specifically with me, Nikki. Why? I think I was the first one to bring it up, but you also wanted to do a podcast. I did agree to do the podcast. I agree with that. But it wasn't like entirely my idea. And I was like, hey, Nikki, do you want to do this? I mentioned something about it. And then you were like, oh, my God, that sounds so much fun. That is how I talk. (laughs) (laughs) So we're doing it now. I feel like we didn't explain anything. No, we explained it perfectly. So. We came up with the idea, we spent money on the microphones, and now we're doing it. Because if we didn't, then we would have wasted money on on the microphones. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. That's pretty much. So, do you want to talk a little bit about the title? Oh, that this is why we're married? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. If I'm not saying the right thing, you could just interrupt me. Okay. I think that was the title because you said that, or we said that that's often like, we'll be talking about something, and at the end of it, we're like, oh my God, this is why we're married. And it just came to you in an epiphany to be like oh this is why we're married so this is not a relationship podcast yeah get that out of your head this isn't gonna be yeah release all expectations this is relationship advice well i don't recommend taking relationship advice from us either yeah i think we're very specific people (laughs) who work together very well but it in putting that into normal people relationship terms i don't think really makes a lot of sense I've had, like, so many people, like, come to me for relationship advice because they know I'm in, like, you know, a long-term relationship that is, you know, you know, has had its points, (laughs) but is... (laughs) is like a healthy solid relationship. I hate being married to you. No, no. (laughs) But is like a healthy solid relationship and they'll ask me like all these scenarios and I'm like, I've never been through that. Like I have no idea what to tell you to do. Like I've never been through a breakup. I've never been cheated on. I've never like... That you know of. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) You knew I was going to make that joke. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, so the title, This Is Why We're Married, and also because a lot of the times we say the same thing at the same time, and I'm like, whoa. Not to say there won't be some healthy debate on this podcast. (laughs) Well, yes, but sometimes about certain things we are thinking the same thing. No, I agree, though, about the relationship thing. I get asked that all the time, too, Um, but all of our problems have been 
outside factors, not like internal factors. Like we've never had like a like beef yeah. with each other. It's always been like, should we move to or you know where do we live? It's not really like a you suck and I hate you. Yeah. If anything, besides like external factors, it's also like internal stuff within ourselves. Yeah. That, well, like, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> we just give over that. I know. What I is know, our biggest fight we've we've ever had? And don't answer if it's a real answer because I have an answer that's a joke. Um, I don't remember. I'll what save it was you. I think the biggest fight we've ever had is the hypothetical question of if we were to get divorced ever, who gets the cats and who gets what cat? Yeah, that has caused more <laughs> arguments than I can even <laughs> tell you. It is like ridiculous. And the answer is very clear. We're not going to get into it now. <laughs> but <laughs> basically, we always come to the same decision is that I get meow meow no. and Amy gets blueberry. Everything's no. fine. We've what? never come to <laughs> that decision. The reason, though, to bring it back into a nice, lovely point that I was going to tell you is the reason that I decided to do the podcast with you is because I felt like it would literally just be us sitting down and having a conversation. I think anything that we can do together that's interactive instead of just sitting next to each other and staring at something is always something I would choose to do over not doing that. Yeah. So that's why I can't I wait like, to tell my therapist about this. She's, she's going to love or no? that. Yeah. Hey, Becca. Becca. Yeah. Becca's she's great. not going to listen to this, but I fucking hope not. I really hope Becca doesn't. <laughs> she's going to roast the shit out of me. She's going like, to have a whole list to talk about. when. You- so, I'm kidding. Amy, they, I don't think they think no. about you when you're not in, in an appointment, which is no. kind of a sad thought. Well, I think they're like not allowed to, like, to think interact about you. with you. No, oh. like on social media and stuff. Um, you know, because that kind of gets into the whole Hip-hop. crossing boundaries. Oh. They don't have Pippa. Do they have Pippa? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what Pippa is. I, I know. I know you okay, don't. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Um. So today is a little bit of a few things. Mainly <laughs> conspiracy theories. The plan was conspiracy theories. Yes, but Nikki has some things to... I just need to get off my chest. <laughs> tell us it's still like about the world and like you know stuff i have thoughts um but it's not necessarily a conspiracy theory but we are going to be talking about some of the ones that we feel strongly about or that are interesting and obviously nikki did actual research i watched one of those top 10 watch mojo videos earlier today (laughs) on one of my one of my sources for mine literally a news oh article God. from bbc <laughs> i'm so happy and you're for like you. watch mojo <laughs> some of us some of us turn to reddit others mm-hmm. i yeah. just don't believe reddit but i guess that could be another conversation so you said you were gonna go first okay conspiracy theories let's go okay tell me tell me yours so the first one starting out I wouldn't necessarily call this a conspiracy theory. So, and I mean, I guess it is because it is something a lot of people believe, but like nobody has come out and said yes. So conspiracy is, in the sense that there's no tangible tr- exactly. proof of this. Yeah, there is, you know, evidence, but mm-hmm. it hasn't been found completely true. Okay. Um. So the first one is that the U.S. government will never provide free college or any kind of higher education because that will negatively impact um, military recruitment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. We all just assume it's true. 
Yeah. I read this article, take it with a grain of salt, because it was written by a veteran. So it was like, you know, what are they, what is the government going to have to do if, you know, it comes to that and like, you know, anyway, so it wasn't like. This just in veterans are not credible. <laughs> no. <laughs> Amy Litigo, 2022. Stop. Technically Amy Sorrells, my apologies. But no. 2022. I- <laughs> veterans, don't believe them. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying he's a veteran. So he comes from a very specific perspective. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because. Wait, was, so he, pr- he was pro not having free school? He was. He wasn't. No, that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about if that does happen, because the article was from 2016, and it was talking about one of Hillary's, like, points of her platform was, like, free college or, like, something alluding to that. And so he was like, if that does happen, how would that affect? He was proving the point by saying if there was free college, then no one would join the military. Yes. Is your yes, on. he was saying that and saying that then we would possibly have to um, turn to drafts drafts yeah, yeah. Like and forced involuntary military. yeah yeah for service men and women it was like a whole nother can of worms pretty much yeah. having to i think it'd know. be okay i don't think they would let gay people in i think it'd be good well i'm definitely disabled enough <laughs> they would mm. not want me mentally um yeah i mean i also have diabetes i don't think you're oh, allowed i forgot about that anyway regardless i think my arches are too high Please. My feet, and my glasses, my eyes are too bad. I can think of a list of reasons why. I okay, be yeah, drafted. but if it's involuntary, they're probably you know whatever. Anyway, so well, that's an interesting point though because you know all those. It's the first episode. I'm already going to mention TikTok, but you know all those military TikToks where they come up and they're like, "Why'd you join the military? Why'd you join the military? Why'd you join the military?" And I gotta say, I don't see those. You know, I'm not surprised by that. So <laughs> I do. I we should be careful mentioning for you pages, but I get a lot of those, and they're always like, "I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Free school. I don't know why I did this. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get out." Blah, blah. So I think that 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 makes an excellent point. Of it's you get to go to school if you go. Yeah, and that's you know, and especially because. They recruit in low-income schools Mm -hmm. for, you know, kids who think they have no other option. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, yes, that's true to a degree, Mm -hmm. but I think they put this idea in their heads that they're going to be able to make something for themselves. Have you ever met anybody from a school with a higher income, like, in the area that didn't have recruiters at lunch every day like we did? Because I feel like I spoke to people in college who were like, what? They're like, you had... Every day you had military people school. Like yeah, every single day at lunch, they had that pull up bar out <laughs> to see how many pull ups you could do, and, all the and then you get like a free kids. little military entry. You know, like the those yeah those kids the ROTC or whatever it is, <laughs> and they were like, oh, I can pound these pound these yeah. out, boy, I can get these. And then anytime like a, a any kind of in shape dude walked by, they're like, hey, have you heard of the Marines? <laughs> yes, we've heard of the Marines. <laughs> But we're in school, and I'm trying to go to sea lunch and get some hot wings. Like, I don't want to do pull-ups for the United States government currently. They never asked me, can I say that? Well, they I was about never, to say, you're, you're talking like they did. <laughs> not a single time did they ever ask. They didn't see me. I mean, they shouldn't ask me. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Basically, just the military is constantly recruiting low-income kids as a way for them to not only like make money but be able to go to school in the future and 
also, I mean, like, the benefits are insane. Like, they give them a living stipend based on where they live, while they're in classes, and it's, like, fully sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, multiple people we went to school with went into the military for school. Yeah. Like, that, and that's, I'm not, like, judging them. That's fine. Yeah. But it is, it is a question to ask for sure. Yeah. It's very interesting. So. So the other one is that the FBI creates Reddit threads about conspiracy theories and questions about the government to figure out what the public is aware of and what they're not aware of and that they're able to kind of monitor what people are thinking. They have like the FBI RD. What? The FBI Reddit division. (laughs) (laughs) So. Some guy with glasses and a little, he's got a Mountain Dew next to him, and he's like, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. Do you think that they put out more ridiculous stories to try to dampen down the, yeah, like the real ones? I mean, that would make a lot of sense. Or they're commenting on people who are posting super credible like mm. government conspiracy theories and they're mm-hmm. like no this is why you're wrong blah, mm, blah, they blah, just blah. put something else to like distract from it yeah because yeah. then it's more a debate and not people actually sitting there thinking about what is the government yeah because they're, then they're seeing two sides even though one of them is completely not real the other one could be real exactly yeah, yeah so i mean it it you know if i you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do you know i do what I'm know saying. no i think that if there's all the spy stuff all the covert stuff that the mm-hmm. government has done both our government and other governments around the world mm-hmm. it's completely feasible that they have a couple of people in a room in washington dc in a basement somewhere like posting on reddit i think that's like it sounds funny sure and god i want to meet them so badly <laughs> i want to meet them so bad and just say like what like do, you do they get to pick their own parameters what's the rate like is it a good pay what's your degree because i am a stem major and i think that i could be part of the fbi rd and <laughs> just start posting some bullshit and i think it all just relates back to the fbi and the government just watching all of us on the internet mm-hmm. i think some of the being able to see through the camera is a little... I mean, I don't know how credible that is in my personal opinion. Oh, I believe it. Okay. Okay. So, you don't believe in the, the camera thing. Or you don't know how you feel about it. I mean, yeah. I've never really looked into it. And I know there's obviously not 100% proof, yes or mm-hmm. no. But... There couldn't be because it, it would be... Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> the Reddit guys are scrubbing it. They're saying that it's not true. The Reddit guys. <laughs> they do it all. I they think have a like, division. yeah, like and like ITDs. who's teaching? Is there is there like a like a super like long running Reddit user teaching them the ins and outs of Reddit and like the the social rules of Reddit to make them seem? No, it probably is. Who? It's probably uh Mark Zuckerberg. No, he's a little weirdo. You saw that movie, The Social Network. He was a freaking jerk, first of all. Screwed over all of his friends. I think he would screw over everyone on the internet. Plus, Facebook is so full of all the lies and stuff. Well, yeah. promote lies. But I don't think he would be good at replicating normal Reddit users. So, (laughs) I get yours are very government-based. Yeah, I I didn't really mean to do that. I didn't um, really prepare for this podcast. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I watched just... 
top 10 Reddit conspiracy theories that could be true from Watch Mojo. <laughs> and they there were some. could be true. I like, they have to put that in for legal reasons. Could well, be true. I mean, it, allegedly. I mean, allegedly. they had lots of bases, like multiple Reddit posts. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. And it was the one I actually told you about the other night that the Frozen movie was oh. intentionally created. I don't like this to one. Divert I, <laughs> I feel like that was just the stupid. public's attention from them freezing Walt's head. Mm-hmm. Because whenever people Google Disney Frozen, mm-hmm. it's going to be all about the movie and not... I mean... So we cracked it. Yeah. And another one was... I couldn't find any... I really wanted to talk about this, but there's no information anywhere about this actually being a conspiracy theory. That means it's real. It's just... Well, no. I mean, it is a fact, but there wasn't backing to why it's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was about that all Trader Joe's have intentionally terrible small parking lots. And I read through <laughs> this thread on the Trader Joe's Reddit... A little bit and there is some trader joe's that have ample parking yeah like the one in south lake has two levels a parking garage almost half of a parking garage like exactly two levels of, you know so that has ample parking but still the same tiny fucking store the the smallest store with this four aisles ever mm-hmm. and it, why they said that the reason the parking lots are so small is because you're right it's a small store mm-hmm. and so when it comes to like zoning and stuff mm-hmm. they can't get they can't get giant a parking, parking lot. lots yeah not like the h-e-b parking lot yeah yeah and also lots of them are in strip malls and so there's mm. other stores mm-hmm. But yeah, they only get so many based on how big their store is. Because of occupancy so laws, small. huh? Probably because of occupancy laws too, right? Yeah, yeah. They you can, can only you have... can't have seventy six occupancy and one hundred and fifty parking spaces. That doesn't really make sense. I mean, you can, but yeah, I and know it's what you're also because Trader Joe's are designed to be more walkable and your grocery store that you go to to get fresh ingredients, like in a walkable night. area. Yes, typically. I mean, it's so funny because all the Trader Joe's we've ever been to are in like super suburban areas except for the one in downtown Austin but even that one the Trader Joe's parking spots in the parking garage are not very many there's not no there's There's like maybe 30 and I actually saw somebody talking about that one on the Reddit thread and then people from New York City were like oh my god you guys have parking lots (laughs) and they're just like whatever anyway y'all aren't supposed to have cars shut up yeah yeah (laughs) so those were my oh. honorable mentions. Oh, good. You guys could have just watched the top ten watch. Yeah, you should video. just link it in the. I'll link it. Link it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll link it. Just watch. Whenever I figure out how to do that. <laughs> Whenever I figure out what a show note is, yeah. I will. I will link I, it. I'm gonna start with my honorable mentions. My honorable mentions, weirdly enough, are more about the government, whereas your main ones are about yeah. the government. To me, my honorable mentions are honorable mentions because they are so true. I don't even think it's worth talking about yeah. in my head. It's just 100% that's what it is. So the honorable mentions are the JFK assassination. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to say any more about that. The reptilian elite. Yeah. They're all reptiles. Funny. Love that. I don't think they're actually reptiles. I'm not sure make that clear. But the other two, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Area 51 and aliens. Not even a question. There's aliens, Area 51. The main one that mm-hmm. I have, this is my only conspiracy theory. The other one is not a conspiracy. It's something that I thought... You would think was interesting, so I decided to write about it. And obviously, you, me, or you, the audience, you specifically. I'm just doing this for you. I don't really care about them. (laughs) I I mean, I care about them, but I like. Sorry, y'all. I'm doing this for your inner. Like, I'm entertaining them. Yeah, I always want to hang out with you, and that's pretty much why I'm here. 
So <laughs> this was the one that's had my heart the first time I've ever heard it. I thought it was brilliant. I love it. It's had a hold on me ever since. Mm-hmm. And this one is about the moon. It's not that the moon landing is fake because I don't really think that. I'm not really I'm not really 100% on that. What? But I'm not Obviously sure it was, it was fake. fake. I'm not sure it was fake. Okay, but if you Okay, just continue. I'm not sure it was fake. That but doesn't make what any I sense. am so sure of say. What I am sure of is that the moon is fake. No. Obviously, I mean, not obviously. I've never been to the moon. You've never been to the moon. I I don't think that the moon is fake. But it is interesting to think about. <laughs> well, obviously, I don't. I'm not crazy. I don't think that the moon is fake. But also, like, the moon is fake. You know what I mean? It's like, it's duality. It's 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 both um so this theory because i was curious today when i was doing my prep for the podcast at work on company time at work on company time as a manager of a department anyways so the mood is fake when i was looking up my conspiracy theories this one came up and it said it was really popular with flat earthers so i just want you to think about that interesting um (laughs) anyways the mood is fake This theory stems from the 1970s, from these two dudes who were attending the Soviet Academy of Sciences. Their name was Michael Vason and Alexander Shershbakov. Shershbakov. So this is called the Vason-Shershbakov theory. I will never try to say that name again. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Basically, the idea was that because the crater's depths are not all proportional to their width, so the skinny ones are shallow but then the big ones are also shallow which doesn't make sense in their heads in the 1970s so they think that maybe it hit and can only go so deep because it hit i don't know a metal shell of a ship perhaps so that was a ship yeah like a it's a ship so they also know like a spaceship it's a ship in space so i would say (laughs) spaceship i know but i'm like it's not the same shape as like the fucking black pearl, right? No, it's like a circle. Okay, like a like a cir- like a. Death- I was just clarifying. For I'm jumping ahead of my there. notes. It's like a Death Star. That's what the yes, thought is. So I understand. They basically say that the crater's depths are not proportional to their width, so something has to be stopping them. In their heads, that's something that makes sense. Uh, they also note the surface of the moon is made of a wide variety of elements. Not sure why that means it's a spaceship, but that's what they said. They say some moon rocks are older than the oldest rocks on Earth. So that makes it a spaceship. Again, not really sure why. So they propose basically the moon is a rocky layer with a few miles, like it's a few miles thick, and then the ship starts. Mm. So like the Death Star, but with rocks camouflaging it. Scientists from Cornell strongly disagree with this. They strongly disagree that it's hollow, which if it was a ship, it would be hollow. So mm-hmm. they disagree that it's hollow because of, like, math and density. <laughs> the math. <laughs> the math and the density equations basically say, it's not hollow, you're wrong. The public probably thinks or could get on board with this because the moon rang like a bell, they say, whenever, like, spaceships landed on it, when they were walking around on it. There's rumors of that, that it rang like a bell. It's something that rings, in our heads we go, okay, well, that's hollow. Well, couldn't that just be their ears from, like, the pressure difference or no that's a crazy point i've never heard brought up i have no idea no one no one's brought that up this might be (laughs) like i imagine going to space your ears are gonna ring a little well let's also imagine that sound doesn't travel in space so well yes they definitely weren't hearing this is not like a heard audible ring this was a 
what it actually was, and I'll tell you, was a seismographic reading of a landing. They said it rang like a bell. So when it landed, then it rang through the through the rock, basically. So you hear rang like a bell, and you think a bell's hollow, and then you in your head you go, okay, well maybe the moon could be hollow. What's up with that? I mean, at least I thought that, especially if there's metal on the inside. Bells are made of metal. It's gonna ring around. <laughs> Okay, but you're telling me so they've ba- never basically put anything the- in there to test if there's metal? We have not drilled into the moon. No. We've not drilled in I don't believe we've drilled into the moon. Interesting point. But to get equipment up to the moon to drill miles into the moon would be I a little mean- difficult. Imagine we knock the moon out of orbit and then we all die. <laughs> <laughs> like, while okay. we're trying to, I didn't think like, about while that. While we're trying to... We land something so heavy. It gets knocked out of orbit. Well, not um, heavy, but long. So, well, is anything <laughs> heavy in space? No, it's not. So, I guess well, that makes sense. On different planets. Yeah, but not on the moon. The moon has, like, what, one-third of Earth's gravity? Something like that? Anyways, all the stuff we're saying is going to be wrong. We're going to get roasted. But I know. Um, science majors, <laughs> don't listen. <laughs> Please don't. Basically, what that meant, those seismographic readings, basically meant that the moon has a very thin crust, similar to the Earth, and then it has actually very similar innards to the Earth, they think. Innards? So innards. Innards like that the word. moon. If the moon is fake, okay, mm-hmm. and let's just pretend in a world that the moon is fake, how okay. cool would that be, and what does that mean? Here are my thoughts on it. If the moon was fake, that would mean that literally whoever put the moon there created life on Earth because the moon is what creates life on Earth, essentially. It creates the tides, it creates the tilt on the Earth, it gives us seasons, it does all these things. You're sitting there with a questioning look on your face, but I've been to 7th grade science, <laughs> and I looked it up today. I, I verified before I said all this stuff. <laughs> so, the moon is a big reason that we have evolution on Earth, or that we have life on Earth. Okay. It's very important. Essentially, the Earth would not be very habitable without the moon. So, gotcha. whoever put the moon there, if, you know, allegedly, whoever put the moon there, allegedly, is responsible essentially for life on earth so whoever put the moon there is god the creator i don't know so if if they put the moon there i would like to meet meet the moon god the moon bringer i think uh cool fantasy book title i think indigenous um cultures across the world have actually spoke about a time before the moon or when the moon came which is also i didn't actually delve into that because i didn't feel like that was really my area to speak on that much but that's also something I've always heard has been the reason behind the moon was brought here because there's like ancient texts that say something about that. That could mean anything, obviously. They could be speaking of like a festival, anything like that. But it's a cool thought that it's just a cool thought that they might have saw the moon come if the moon was fake. Now, how were they there already if the moon wasn't there? I don't know. The theory is not on solid legs. So if somebody did put the moon there, like say it's like a ship, mm-hmm. how did they get the rock on the outside like how did they get the crust how did they build that did they did they put it on there somewhere else and then they drilled little holes so they could get inside the ship to fly it but then how did they see i think you're thinking of this through earth's current technology and not an advanced alien race who's able to build because some like like how did they get out of it after building the crust there's probably just a door can they go back into it yeah for sure how they land on the moon when we can't like see the other side and then they just get in what they have secret tunnels listen there's theories okay no there's no tunnels it's hollow so it's like a death star but well i know 
No, I think that's a good point. But they're so advanced that they were able to like piece the rock on and then they flew it over, got it into orbit, and then they either left, which is the next part of my my discussion here. Did they leave or are they in there still? And if they're in there still watching us, could they possibly help us with some shit? Because I feel like we could use some alien intervention mm. on like, you know, what if they just shoot down like a like a COVID fixer or like some money. I think if they were going to help, they would have done that a long time ago. I'm afraid their version of helping would be wiping out the human race and restarting, which would not be very helpful to me. I don't know. (laughs) Wouldn't have to go to work tomorrow. (laughs) But yeah, so are they watching us? Is it abandoned? Is I'd like to think they just use it like a... Um, like a vacation spot no like a airbnb um, <laughs> <laughs> the you guys clean view would be insane with, with the view with the view. Do, you, <laughs> do you guys want a space view or an earth view <laughs> <laughs> you got a couple of uh rooms left <laughs> depends on the season though yeah mm. wait do we ever see that other side of the moon or no you should cut this out because i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the moon well, because the dark side of the, the moon we're always seeing the same side of the yes. moon that's why the other side is covered in craters because it protects us from asteroids so have they and been debris. to that side of the moon you know who has the transformers and transformers <laughs> dark side of the moon <laughs> i can't no i don't i don't see it this isn't part of my re- my research was is the moon fake and the answer is yes the yeah moon is fake i'm asking um, too many realistic questions <laughs> So how did they build it? Did they? Is it paper mache? Is it? <laughs> did they run into a bunch of asteroids in the way? But first they painted the outside in glue so that it will just stick to it. I never finished my thought. Really, <laughs> I'd like to think they're using it as like a big storage unit for all of the shit and like technology they don't use. They just oh. put it all in there. It's like the one they'll never go to again. Like yeah. there's like light years of technology in there, and we'll just <laughs> never know. Pretty much because we're like no it has the same as the inside of the earth but yeah that's my that's my conspiracy theory i the first time i heard that it was life-changing to me i think that is such Why? a fun because it's just fun like it's not depressing it's not too heavy it's just the moon is fake it was put there by aliens they're watching us they helped us advance civilization because they put the moon there and they gave us light at night they made the tides change. It, they made the earth tilt. You know, it's it's a fun theory. And to me, not as, it's not any more unreasonable than any other how did we come about theories. I don't think it's, yeah. you know, I don't think it's any worse. I think it's funny. I think it's right up there with God created the earth. Wow, you're going to say it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. That's why I was very, like, neutral about it. I said, I know the fairies. I mean, and you said, God's not real. That's messed up, Amy. Sorry, creationists. That's my conspiracy theory. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about the moon. We talked about your conspiracy theories. This last thing, I thought that it was interesting. I almost picked it for my informative speech topic for school that I have to do uh, pretty soon, actually. This one is the amount of dead bodies on Mount Everest freaks me out. That's the yeah. title of the segment. I also, it's really freaky, but also very real and very like serious because genuinely, there's a bunch of dead bodies on the top of Mount Everest that. Hundreds of hikers a year are just walking by to get up to the top and that grind to get to the top of Mount Everest. Here's the deal with the bodies on Mount Everest. 
Almost 300 people have died above the 26,000 feet marker on Mount Everest. So above 26,000 feet and 200-ish of those are still there. It's hard to get an an actual number on that, but that's about how many are there based on what I was reading today. I was about to say, who's counting? The hikers who see them as they go up. Yeah, but then they're dying. No, but there's a record of who climbs Mount Everest and who doesn't come back, basically. It's not, especially nowadays, it's not like you could do anything. how many people have successfully climbed Mount Everest? I did not get that answer to that question. So thank you for um, making me not authentic in my information. A lot of people have. It's actually not... It's still a big deal. Like, I'm not, like, taking away credit from people who climb Mount Everest. But it's, like, it's not how it was it's okay. before. They're not listening. <laughs> Definitely not. It's not how it was before. It was, like, oh, two people have climbed it. One guy has climbed it. It's, like, people climb Mount Everest. Big deal. Really big deal. And this, I think this proves, though, how big of a deal it is, is that people die still to yes. with modern technology and groups of people. People still are succumbing to exhaustion, and then they're freezing to death. It's very sad. It's very gruesome. And depressing. A Sherpa named Ang, possibly Ong, so I apologize if I said that wrong. Wait, what's um, a Sherpa? Uh, it's a guide who takes you up the mountain. Okay. They're very important people. He's the former president of the Nepal Mountaineering Association. So wow. that's cool. Uh, he said, because of global warning, the ice sheet and the glaciers are fast melting and the dead bodies that remain buried all these years are now becoming exposed. We have brought down dead bodies of some mountaineers who died in recent years, but the old ones that remained buried are now coming out. So the even older ones are now coming out. Ugh. In 2017, the hand of a dead mountaineer appeared above the ground at Camp 1. The same year, another body appeared on the surface of the Kumbu Glacier. Hope I'm saying that right. Also known as the Kumbu Icefall. It could be Kumbu, but I'm going to go Kum. Kumbu. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. The, kum- the kumbu ice fall um this is where most of the dead bodies have been surfacing in recent years because it's like melting and moving yeah another place that has been seeing dead bodies becoming exposed is at camp four also called the south coal c-o-l uh, which is relatively flat hands and legs of dead bodies have appeared at the base camp as well as in as well in the last few years said an official who was unnamed with the non-government organization active in the region. We've noticed that the ice level at and around the base camp has been going down, and that is why the bodies are becoming exposed. So they're just showing up. So there was a lot of dead bodies on the way up that were known, right? That yeah. were, there's this person, there's this person. Okay, we have this many hey, feet left. Hey, that's Eddie. Yes, and I'm about to give you a name <laughs> oh, <laughs> in a no. second. I'll give you a name in a second. But it's <laughs> Eddie. Sorry, Eddie, if you're dead on Mount Everest. <laughs> Again, so, he's not listening. He's not. He's definitely not listening. He's for real not listening. Yeah, he's, he's been not listening. But there's a ton of named ones, but new ones are showing up because of everything melting and shifting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They are trying to clear them out, but experts say it can cost anywhere from 40000 to $80,000 to bring down the dead bodies. It's very expensive. Per person or per trip? per person because they're only getting one person per trip it's not like there's a group of bodies in like one area yeah so it's you know anybody has to find them so who's in charge of getting those is it is it their home countries or is it right now the the mountain from what i read is divided into two sections and i don't want to say the one's wrong but it's kind of divided in half in between two different sections one side the government is paying for all of this to get them all down the other side is not doing anything so part of this oh. article was that Hope we, we don't need die to on get, that side. We need to get both governments on board with like getting people off the mountain. Gotcha. One of the most challenging recoveries was from the height of twenty eight thousand feet near the summit. So that was like 
right next to the summit, apparently, um, said the same Aang, the Sherpa. The body was totally frozen and weighed 330 pounds. It had to be recovered from a difficult place at that altitude. So, because you've got body, gear, and then, like, frozen. It's frozen. So, it's, like, ice. It's even worse. Like, it's it's not an easy thing. So, that's why it costs so much. And then, these recovery teams, their lives are also at risk. Because it's not like they get some pass where it's easier for them to go up Mount Everest. It's still... Well... <laughs> difficult yeah i'm imagining it's like you know when they care flighted that lady and she was just spinning around <laughs> i imagine they have helicopters it's not a, there's no or helicopter. like spaceships i don't know how tall there's it no is. helicopter planes it's planes. the moon um so there's yeah, no no planes and that. they you know get a little claw pick nope. up some bodies claw go machine. back down they get a squishmallow out so of it. So you're telling me people are then climbing up, carrying mm-hmm. them back down? Mm-hmm. It's the only way they can do it. And they have to Could clear. they just roll so them back down? So there's also teams. They're dead bodies. <laughs> it's, not, it's not funny. <laughs> it's, not, it's not funny. Then why are you laughing? Well, because you make me laugh. But <laughs> No, but there's already teams who go up and they, I think they're called rope cleanup teams. They go behind and they have to, they do expeditions to just clean up all the ropes from, because they climb Mount Everest, not necessarily the best thing for the environment. You're losing stuff. You're leaving stuff. You're creating waste on top of a mountain. Someone has to clean that up. So the governments have started doing that. But in that has come this whole other thing of body recovery. Do we bring the bodies down? Do we leave the bodies there? What do we do with the bodies? I think another point is too, that I wasn't sure if I was going to break up or not was I did read one hiker one person who 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 has hiked mount everest i don't know if he went all the way or not uh he said that it's kind of a difficult thing too because not everybody what would want to be brought down from the mountain a lot of people that's their everest if you will (laughs) i couldn't couldn't think of any other word but i guess that's why it's called that no that that's like their main life goal so they go up there and they they perish unfortunately and it's like an adventurer like they want to stay where they you know they they died at because that's their it's where they would want to be they wouldn't have rather died anywhere else is kind of what he was saying yeah um but he said that if it's in a certain spot, the, the government has to take it down. If it's somewhere where multiple people have to go hike right over, you know, if I guess if it's out of the way, they'll leave it for a bit. But if it's in the way, <laughs> they have to take it down. Or if the family requests it, then they'll bring it down. But I feel like the family would know probably what the hiker wanted. Because I think if you're going to hike Mount Everest, you're going to have a if I die plan. Yeah. You're going to have I mean, a, you should. I would hope so. Because there's like a lot of deaths. <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot. This is the... This is the story part. You ready for it? This is the harrowing story. I'm so ready. So this is a real story though. I feel bad for doing this long. Um, so this is the story that I read that I read when I was reading about this today that I found the most haunting. This is the story of David Sharp. It's not that long, but it's just this is what happened to him. So David Sharp was climbing the mountain by himself in 2006. That is not recommended. People don't think it's a good idea. You should not be climbing alone specifically mount everest you should be climbing anywhere alone yeah specifically mount everest i mean we, we i'm not even walking to the park alone i'm not gonna go climb everest by myself willy-nilly ah, crazy <laughs> sorry he's dead shouldn't say that um anyways so he stopped to rest in a cave this is a well-known cave where he stopped mm-hmm. to rest it's a little thing out of the wind you stop get a little little rest in a little rest for the legs in that Open cave a cold one that cave 
a hopefully a warm one. Oh, crack up. Yeah. Crack open a warm one with the boys. Yeah, you got your hot apple So the one he you. was cracking a warm open with was a dead body. What? Called uh, it's called <laughs> <laughs> was a dead body called Green Boots. That's what they named it. Now the reason that it was oh, called Green sad. Boots was because they didn't even know who he was. Right? He died in. He didn't they, have any ID. He's frozen in the ground. Oh, they I, can't like he he okay. He has since been excavated. <laughs> Not like that. He has though. He was excavated. He was removed. Uh, from the mountain recently mm-hmm. and from that i'm sure they've identified him but i didn't find that so this was at the point where they most people think he was a hiker from india who died in 1996 so this is 2006 yeah he's in a cave with a dead man from 1996 they Jesus. think yeah and they call him green boots because it's at this very well-known spot in the trail where you're at a certain like when you get to green boots you know you're close to the top like you know that you're only a certain amount of feet away from the top. Exactly, exactly. That's how horrible it is, right? Yeah. So this guy, poor David one Sharp, for old green boots. Yeah, poor. I'm sure they do, by the way. But yeah. they're probably not pouring anything out. I hope they're reserving their resources <clears> on Mount Everest. But they're probably at least paying some sort of respects. Or after the story, you might change your sentiment on that because this is horrible. So David Sharp gets to green boots by himself because he's hiking alone, and he decides to uh, take a rest. He goes to a corner of the cave, and he gets squatted down, knees to his chest. And he's sitting there like this, just resting, trying to get warm. He was there for a while. Okay. Eternally, one might say. But he was there for a while. So this cave is so popular, about 80% of the hikers who go up to the top of Mount Everest end up resting in this cave. So this is not off the beaten path. Well, the Everest beaten path. Everest is off the beaten path. This is not off the beaten path. This is very common. He was squatted in a corner, knees to his chest to rest and get warm. He was unfortunately un- overcome by exhaustion while in this position. His body just stopped working and he freezes to death. This takes seven hours. He freezes to death oh over God. seven hours. Here's, here's the kicker, right? Here's the horrible part. Over the seven hours it took for him to freeze to death, an estimated 40 people walked by. Just walked by. Are you for real? Nobody stopped. Nobody talked to him. All the eyewitnesses who said that they saw him claimed he seemed to be alive and not in any distress. He was sitting in the corner of a cave, dying next to green boots for seven hours. Oh my God. If one person, one group of people could have given up their dream to get to the top of Mount Everest, a human being could still be alive, which means literally people have died for this. Yeah. So I just, I'm, I'm like distraught by it. Like that's crazy to me that for seven hours where, I mean, who knows if they would have made it back down with him, if he still would have lived, but instead of 40 people walking by to try to get to the top and letting a man die, they could have, I don't know, been with him in his final moments, brought him back down so he could get brought back to his family easier. I mean, there's so many things that could have happened. Yeah. Um, and the guy that f- first successfully climbed Mount Everest, he like commented on that he thought it should bring up a debate about how people view Everest and what the real meaning of it is and that it should be about humans, human life and human adventure and human spirit and yeah. instead, you know, I gotta say, I feel like saving a human would be more meaningful than climbing a rock formation. I agree. And I think if I'm climbing Mount Everest, like, I know you're exhausted and tired. I'm gonna, like, say hello to people I passed. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, but I'm afraid it's so much of a competition that they don't. But they don't even know these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is saying hello gonna do? 
like, hey, you doing okay? Especially because he was sitting there, knees to his chest. Yeah. I will say, I don't think we can understand the physical toll that take, like, climbing I mean, Mount yeah, Everest would I, take. <laughs> the air is, like, one-third as thin as, like, down here. It's, like, it is difficult to, like, breathe and speak and stuff. But the fact is he was there for so long. And everyone knows about Green Boots because he's been there so long. So if you see another person there, you're like, that's not Green Boots. Who, who's Red Boots? You know, who's this guy? So it, it's just... Um, What's he also wearing green boots? I don't know. I, I, I saw the picture of him and got kind of sad, so I moved on. I think it's a very sad death. That's upsetting. Yeah. It's a very sad death. Started to bring the mood down at the end of the podcast. Yeah. I, but I thought that was interesting. And it's... I don't know. It's supposed to be about human strength and accomplishment and, and, and what we can accomplish in this world. And I think the first guy who tried to climb it, they asked him why he wanted to climb it. And he like said, his answer was like kind of badass. He just said, because it's there. And he was like, I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. But it's not cool if they're littering and people are dying and yeah, you have to pass a bunch of dead bodies on the way. I don't think it's very cool. I mean, it's just like a giant graveyard at this point. If you made it through this, you must be our friends. So thank you for being our friends. Because this if you're is incredibly our friends long. And you didn't make it to here. Shame on you. And you won't ever hear this to hear us say that. Anyways, thanks for listening. Bye. What's the outro?